0: I'm not sure, but this may be a setup. Last fall at our annual auction, Rick Eagleton bought the chance to meet with me and select the topic and title for this sermon. Bear in mind, the auction is an event of frivolity and food, entertainment, and yes, judgment clouding alcohol. That context might influence what someone might choose to say or do. Might. Rick did shout out a title at the time. But the title he chose today is A Minister's Guide to Being Positive Purpose, Positive, and Purposeful in a Modern World. I've had trouble for months trying to say that. Positive and purposeful in a modern world. As a lawyer who skillfully handles complex and delicate divorces, meaning he's a student of the full range of human behaviors, from the most despicable and self serving to the most noble and loving, Rick understands the value of language and choice of words. He spends his day listening to words, then shaping his understanding into oral arguments. He has to navigate saying the right things at the right time to a stunned spouse or a wily adversarial attorney or a titillated jury or a board judge. His choice of a title is not random. But the real trap in this sermon title, this carefully chosen string of words, is in asking for a minister's guide to anything. Asking for my best advice. Our brains and hearts are hardwired to resist advice. And I've done the research, I have investigated many times the value of giving advice. I'm a parent. I've been a parent of teens. I have young adults now. And because people come to my office for pastoral counseling, one-on-one meeting, and I've learned, oh, I have learned, they are seldom seeking advice. And giving it was a very rookie mistake of mine in the beginning. Instead, people come to unload and be heard, and in my questions and they're speaking aloud in response, they discover their own new pathways and solutions. In effect, they find their own advice. Giving advice is less important than asking really good questions. Asking questions is an art in itself. Voltaire got it right when he said, judge a person by their questions rather than by their answers. A good question requires being able to place yourself in another person's world and consider how you can support their thinking process. So while over the years Rick and I have discussed many things, he has chosen not to sit down and explain what he was thinking, what was on his mind, and heart behind the title. So I get to wing it unearth my understanding of his carefully pondered or quickly dashed off title. Seminary is training ground for considering short, pithy verses. That's what makes up much of the world's sacred texts. For example, the Bible is a dense collection of very brief and incomplete stories, hymns, verses, poetry, oral saying. It's a text that merely hints at something much deeper of details of power and struggles and warfare and love, fear, hope, rage, all in the quest for truth and meaning. For this modern age and this specific hope Unitarian gathering of people, Rick essentially asks, so what are my Ten Commandments? My Sermon on the Mount, my creation story, my teaching fables leading us to see our foolish ways and correcting them. Again, the words in the sermon, I mean, the words in the title tip my hand. They are Unitarian to their core. They assume our aim is to be positive and purposeful. I agree wholeheartedly this is our task both as individuals and collectively as a church. We are to be positive, find hope in despair, as humans navigating this single lifetime. You know, I doubt those two words, positive and purpose, show up in the exercise a few of us just did an hour ago in the adult forum. We discussed Hope Church's mission and vision And we might consider those two words. Hope is the church where we aim to be positive and purposeful. Positive and purposeful are secular words, likely by design. Yet they capture an essence of religious and spiritual life. We might not need religion if we could maintain clarity and equilibrium in ourselves and all human relations. Instead, our minds spin out astonishing private narratives and explanations. We make wacky decisions based on them. And this creative outpouring is useful for the literary arts, for scientific exploration and daily living, but They're the same imaginings that get us into trouble every time when we treat them as hard, immutable facts. When we become imprisoned in our own singular view of the world, we become bulls in a china shop. We treat ourselves and the world primarily from our own perspective. Addiction, failed relationships, dysfunctional families... Brutal workplaces, thoughtless texts, and emails arise when we take ourselves and our ideas too seriously. When we imagine we are in control. One foundational principle hidden in the word positive is that joyful notion that we are not God. Nope, never. We do not run ourselves or others or the world. Trust me, this is a great thing. A profound gift we take for granted. We can remove the heavy burden of steering this complex cosmos by ourselves. Hence, virtually Every religious act, gathering, praying, singing, worshiping, and studying, they're all the same useful, helpful tool to remind us life is more joyful and relationships more fruitful when we see ourselves as merely part of a much larger whole. Our Unitarian Universalist tradition views these spiritual devices as suspects magic actions instead what if worship prayer singing and meeting are exacting surgical instruments cutting away destructive human tendencies so many in this community squirm with prayer especially when that prayer is addressed to God what if we just for the moment you can pick it back up when you leave What if we drop away our theological arguments and resistance, our quick readiness to combat? Instead, for the moment, could we begin to see each mention of God or spirit of life or source of creation as simply a reminder we are not in control? We say God and all those, rather than the clunky Because I seem to forget I am not in charge of everything, whatever I'm about to say next will contain this abiding truth. It's just not prayerful. Rather than saying all that, we use shorthand. Might the 99 titles for God, for Allah, in the Islamic tradition help us? They actually can serve as precise disruptors for our controlling ways. The creator is one of the 99. When I'm puffed up with pride, imagining I got where I am because of my own brilliance and actions, the creator reminds me I merely collaborate with all the universe provides. My birth is not of my own making. This wooden pulpit is not of my own making. This amazing language I am speaking is not of my own making. When I'm angry at myself, intolerant of others, impatient, then the ever-forgiving slices right through my perfectionism and prejudices. The delayer it reminds me, my impatience is often folly. The expediter. Again, I do not control life's tempo. You get the idea. I tend to fall into despair over news, politics, ugly art, and all who suffer. So at the heart of being positive is not dwelling in despair as Alain de Bouton reminds us, don't despair. Despair suggests you are in total control and know what is coming. You don't surrender to events with hope. So, de Bouton is a keen observer of life. Heathrow Airport once invited him to be a writer-in-residence. From this experience, he wrote a small book called My Week at the Airport, and within this transportation hub is a great metaphor for life. In his chapters titled Approach, Departure, Airside, Arrivals, he unpacks the stuff of our flight through life. We are never in control in an airport, This surrender is often at the heart of stress we all feel while traveling. An airport is a great place to practice noticing how you are not in control. Just enjoy the ride. Make it positive. Don't despair. Despair suggests you are in control. You are not. In brief... Being positive means remembering we are never, ever in total control. And this honest worldview not only removes a burden from our actions, but brings forth humility. It actually allows us to live more lightly, to be more facile in relationships, to have more choices, to be more creative. Now, Rick paired positive with purposeful. And our Unitarian Universalist Association is always encouraging us to be purposeful, to make a difference in the world, put social justice at the center of our church and lives. But when purpose isn't combined with humility, it becomes tyrannical and self-centered. But when being positive is not paired with purpose, it becomes sentimental and unrealistic. Purpose is nicely alliterated with positive, good wordsmithing, But for for today, I want purpose to describe intent. We'll use that word. Paying attention to our intentions directs how we take action, when and where to make a move. So how can we take any thoughtful action when we're seldom in control? This paradox gets to the heart of things. And I find here the Buddhist teachings, specifically the Noble Eightfold Path, useful because this foundational list is at the heart of what the Buddha taught over and over and over again to relieve suffering. I'll list all eight for you, although we'll focus only on the second one. And then first let me explain they're translated from the Pali language and from Sanskrit. And the word right can trip us up because Our Western culture sees that as a binary. If something's right, then this must be wrong. So instead of right, I want you to hear also something that's more skillful, headed in the best direction. Includes nuances of completeness or togetherness. Whole, which is what the choir sang about, love makes us whole. Wisdom. So the Noble Eightfold Path are right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. And it's that second one, right thought, or skillful aspiration, or wholesome intention. I might say those all say the same thing. Intention matters. Two similar actions taken with different intentions at a moment may look exactly the same, but the outcome or what we do next because of our intention is different. I may shove someone. My purpose may be angry and malevolent, I'm scared, vengeful, want to hurt that person. So if I push someone down and my intent is to cause hurt and harm, then my next step is to walk away or run away. My intention is consistent with the outcome. But if I push someone to save them from harm get them out of the way, then my next step won't be to run away, but to remove the source of harm or give them a hand to help them up. Again, my intent plays out over time. So my guide, my advice for being purposeful is for us to consistently pay attention to our intentions both as an individual and as a church. Let's look at an institutional example. I know this church wants to be welcoming to all. This is our intention, one of our core values and purposes. At the same time, we actually need to look much more deeply at this intention. Is it always in play? Within our policies, our unnoticed habits even our familiar ways of speaking? Are we as hospitable and thoughtful as we'd like to be? Consider two annual parades we publicly march in. We carry our banner to show solidarity for Tulsa's communities of color in the Martin Luther Martin Luther King Jr. Parade. And then Tulsa's LGBTQI community in the pride parade that's coming up in June these are excellent intentions but do we really follow through do our intentions have year round uh, efforts to develop deeper relationships and understanding within these communities I'm sorry Yadni's not here because she had a fabulous suggestion for us our intern that we not only march in the the MLK parade but we truly get involved as volunteers get to know the organizers get to know the fellow helpers because then we'll begin to develop meaningful relationships and then begin to have new understanding you know these interactions would deepen and inform our purpose to be inclusive informed, open hearted if you wonder what all the fuss is about blackface these days, you might need to follow your intent of being informed and open to the next level to understand the history, the long history, behind the mockery and harm from minstrel shows. Listening not just to news, but finding out firsthand from people in our community, the many who post the NLK parade, they would help any of us understand why this is such a big deal, blackface. Right thought, skillful aspiration, and wholesome intention lead us in new directions. Our next action, then the next, then the next will be different when our intentions and purpose are clear and consistent. Then as for the final caveat in the sermon title, The Modern World, every era imagines theirs is the most complex, challenging, and unique. I honestly don't know if this is extraordinary. Technology has changed everything, yet basic human interactions and impulses remain the same. A religious community is always sorting through its tradition, asking what's useful and what needs to be discarded, how to be a church in the modern world. And Unitarians have rejected traditional religious sacraments like baptism and communion and confession, but We still hold worship on Sunday and contribute to charity and try to make a difference in this world. In our history, 175 years ago in Boston, the Reverend Theodore Parker preaches on this having to sort through what's modern, what is of the modern age, and what is everlasting. His sermon title is The Transient and the permanent in christianity and as my main idea is that christianity there are things that are permanent enduring through the ages love your neighbor the meek shall inherit the world and there are many things that are transient changing over time how we understand certain bible passages all claim what is permanent in our modern world Hence, useful advice is to hold tight to the notions that joy is best found and less suffering arises when we repeatedly remind ourselves we are not in control of much. We are certainly not the center of the universe. This wisdom is timeless. And when we can take action, when we can move about our day, we are purposeful when our intentions are good, noble, and consistent. This wisdom, too, is timeless. This is my best advice today. May we be positive and purposeful together in this modern world. May it be so.